Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the John Moss to my Morris Moss. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Justin, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Who's Morris Moss? It's uh, Moss from the IT crowd. Oh, of course it is. I, I, yes. I feel bad for not remembering that. That's terrible. No, no, to be fair, it's, it's very obscure mm. knowledge, for, even for this show, it's obscure, <laughs> um, but I, I'm, it's, it's a week on just now, I'm still not over John Moss and what he did, he knows what he did. <laughs> it wasn't just John Moss, it was Paul Tierney as well, let's, let's point the finger at Paul Tierney as well. Do you think that, I have been thinking it over in my head, and I've been getting increasingly angry as the week's gone on, do you think... The reason John Moss didn't give the penalties was because he was thinking, "Oh, don't worry about it. VAR will give it." That's that's literally that that is that's coming to my mind as well because I think that the, the referees in in the top divisions across Europe they have that buffer that VAR will help them out, mm. and then actually when VAR doesn't help them out, it's still like, "Oh shit, I'm going to get." It doesn't help when VAR it. doesn't even check the yeah. second one, which yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I've just been getting really, really irritated by it. Although the, the conspiracy, <laughs> the conspiracy theories. theories by Huddersfield fans over the past few days have um, just been funny, <laughs> really, really funny. <laughs> there was one that I, I think we tweeted on the second tier mm. account not too long ago about how one Huddersfield fan was saying in a few years it will come out that's for, they were trying to get Forest promoted. I'm sure it will come out 100%. It's like, guys, just calm down, all right? It was just two really, really bad decisions. But yeah, they, they did cost Huddersfield. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I'm surprised Huddersfield haven't made more of a meal about it. Well, it's saying we are recording this on the Thursday. And yeah. it, in the coming days, Huddersfield may have made a meal out of it. But at the time of recording, they haven't. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Corbram was really, really understanding and diplomatic in his post-match press. If that was me, I'd just point the finger. I'd be livid. Oh, yeah. So fair play yeah, to I, him. I would be, you know, I'd be kicking down John Moss's door <laughs> if that was me and trying to, you know, come at him with a cricket bat. Uh, welcome to the number one championship-specific <laughs> podcast. He's second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Yes, this is part two of our season's grading episode. We're giving give each championship side a grade. We've already done... Uh, the first half of the alphabet, so Barnsley to Hull. Now we're going from Luton to West Brom. So we're going to give each team a grade, talk about where they need to strengthen in the summer and give an early prediction about how they'll do in the championship next season. Very early, just pointing that out there. It's not our official predictions just yet. So let's go to Luton, shall we, Justin? What grade have you given them? I've given them an A+. plus. They've been absolutely fantastic this season. I, I don't think we need to say much about Luton that we haven't already said. Budget, we all know the budget. Um, we all know they, they've got one of the best recruitment departments in the division. We all know Nathan Jones splits opinion, but he's actually a really good manager at this level, as he's proving at Luton. They've been fantastic. For them to finish th- uh, sixth, um, yeah, 21 wins is an incredible achievement for, for teams obviously getting into the top six. But for a team uh, of the size of Luton, with their squad size, their squad depth, and... Um, their budget as well as as we all as we all know is incredible considering the amount of injuries they had. I know every team has had injuries, but they they were really patched up and they were they were the better team across the playoffs as well against Huddersfield. It's been an incredible I've, season. I've given them an A minus. And the reason I've given that then that is because I wouldn't have been too surprised if they did finish in the playoffs this yeah. season. Um 
so that doesn't warrant an A an A plus for me. I think A plus is going beyond expectations, above and beyond expectations, I should say. So A minus, I think, is a more solid representation of the season they've had for me. But you know, when you consider the budget and everything, then yeah, they without a doubt deserve an A at the very least, A minus at the very least, I should say. And what do they need to do in the summer then, Justin? And what are you thinking ahead of next season? Yeah, I think Luton are a team that are always going to have some squad turnover in the summer just because they're not going to give out long contracts to players. Um, and as we know with Cal Naismith, there are going to be good players that move on to clubs who can offer a little bit more money. Um, so they're always going to be a, a little bit of a turnover, but I have complete faith in them to to complete faith in the recruitment team to identify the right personnel and for Nathan Jones to to pick the right person from from the endless list he's probably going to get um so I'd expect him to be competing in and around the playoffs again obviously we may have said the same thing about Barnsley but the the, the key thing that's really different here is is structure off the pitch Barnsley were a mess and I know a lot of fans have said oh but they're going to do a Barnsley again they're not going to do a Barnsley again because Luton I've got the head screwed on. Their recruitment team, as we all know, is is one of the best I think in the country, um, and and they've as as I said, they've got one of the best managers in the division as well. So I I, I don't fully expect them to be competing to get into the top six. I'm exactly the same. I was amazed to see fans of other sides saying this is just a one-off season for Luton. Have you not seen the progression that they've done? over the past 10 years it's been Mm -hmm. remarkable they've only gone backwards once so for them to do if they did that again it would be amazing I wouldn't be you know saying it's it's, it's a disaster if they don't do it again but if they were to do it again they've got they've fully got the potential to do it Justin because of how good their recruitment is and we all know how good a manager Nathan Jones is sure he rubs other fans up the wrong way but he is without a doubt a very good manager so if they recruit well again this summer which they've definitely got the potential to do sure losing Cal Naismith is a blow but they've already got players there who could fill the gap and without a doubt they've got the recruitment team there to replace him and bring in other players in other positions as well so yeah I, I, I fully expect Luton to be chasing the playoffs once again at the very least let's go to Middlesbrough Justin what grade have you given them I've given them a B minus um I expected them to finish in and around seventh or or in the playoffs um and I do think under Neil Warnock they had that potential to to push on and 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 be a team that can compete higher up in the table playoffs automatics um but it fizzled out under Neil Warnock obviously and, and Chris Wilder came in and expectations rose again um, and I don't think it was the best January for them, um, but nonetheless, they still managed to finish within five points of the top six, which is a good season considering how inconsistent they were under Neil Warnock. So I think a B minus, a B minus is fair. And the, the, there are obvious places where they need to improve. And again, they, they look like a club who are really determined, really determined to get into the Premier League once again. I've given them a C. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh with that, but I'm thinking. Their aim was to get in the playoffs. They didn't. So maybe a C represents kind of mm. the season they've had. Um, what do they need to do this summer? Get a striker. A 15-goal-a-season striker. If they had a 15-goal-a-season striker, the season just gone, they'd have got into the playoffs, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. And I think if Chris Wilder wouldn't be happy with this, but if they went into next season with the same squad plus a 15-goal-a-season striker... They get into the top six, I think. I'm really excited about Middlesbrough next season. I think they can make a good claim for the top two, just because they have got Chris Wilder in charge. Who, as we all know, is one of the best managers at this level. Um, they've got the resources to go out there and get players in. Um, do I have faith in their recruitment? The recruitment's been hit, a bit hit and miss over the past few years, hasn't it? And <laughs> the 
from the season they've just had. It doesn't seem to have got any better because uh, it has been very hit and miss again. But without a doubt, Middlesbrough should be aiming for the top six at the very least. And I wouldn't be surprised if they finished in the top two next season because of the squad they've got already, the manager they've got. It's just about who they bring in this summer. The strike has got to be the priority though, hasn't it? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, they were one of the top performing teams in terms of XG. They 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 were one of those teams, a bit like West Brom, who underperformed in front of goal. And if you consider the, the, the Marcus Tavernier and, and Isaiah Jones, they would have had double figure assists. And Isaiah Jones had eight assists anyway. They would have easily hit double figures had the strikers been able to put the ball in the back of the net. And that was just the issue for them is that was literally just the main issue for, 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 for Borough last season. I know away form dipped towards the end of the season, but it's just that ability to, to, to take the chances when, when they needed to. They didn't do that enough. And it let them down. Um, and they were heavily relying on Matt Crooks, who's a central midfielder. Yes, he's going to hit your double-figure goals because he's he's that sort of player making late runs and he's dangerous in the air as well. But you can't rely on a central midfielder to be your top goal scorer. Spot on. They don't need much heading to this squad. No. So Middlesbrough should be up and around there, at the very least. Millwall, Justin. What grade? I don't know what did we give them last year. It's the same again, isn't it? It's, it's, I think it's a B. I think it's a, a good... A B as well. Yeah, I think it's a good steady season. I want them to kick on, but I just don't think they can do it under Gary Rowett. That's the sort of opinion that I've had over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think they need a. I think they they're a team that can press, can progress to play not defensive football, if that makes sense. I mean, we all know what Gary Rowett ball is like and what it can be like, and I think that's something that has let them down. They just don't score enough goals defensively. They're great. They just don't score enough goals, and why is that? Perhaps it's too conservative in 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 games that matter. I don't think it is down to Rowett. I think Rowett's a good enough manager to get a side into the playoffs. The issue with Millwall, and this kind of brings me on to the next points of what they need to do in the summer and how they'll do next season. The issue is with Millwall, they're very good at signing six out of ten players. They yeah. consistently hit the mark with that, don't they? But they don't very often sign someone who's a dud or sign someone who's a star. It's always a six out of ten with them, don't they? But you need a bit more than that to actually get into the top six. Obviously, losing Jed Wallace is... I say losing Jed Wallace. He's not definitely going out the door at the, at the time of recording. Mm. But losing Jed Wallace is going to be a massive blow for them and how they get in someone who can provide the spark that he does. I'm not sure how you can do that. So I'm heading into next season thinking Millwall are probably going to be around mid-table, unfortunately. 12th place or 13th place may already have their name written on it because I struggle to see them having as good a season as they've had, but I don't see them regressing so much that they'll you know, be flying down the table. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. Um, I, I think they are two strikers and a creative midfielder short from being a top six team. And as I say, they need to create more chances and obviously the chances they do create, they need to put them away. And that's what that's what a couple of forwards are going to do. Um, whether they get Benny Kofobi in again next season, I think they have to try heaven and move heaven enough to bring him in because I was really impressed with him. Um, but they need someone up there with him who's also going to put the net, put the ball in the back of the net consistently. Mason Bennett, Tom Bradshaw, I don't think they're that type of player. I think they're good squad players, but can't rely on them to to hit hit your double figures. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Mid table at the very least for Millwall next season is, is is I think it's the bare minimum. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them knocking on the door of the playoffs like they have done recently. We've got Tyler Bury, haven't they, who looks a yeah. really exciting yeah, player. Yeah. So if he kicks on again, then he's going to be exciting. But the squad is looking very thin, Justin. If you look at the players they've got, 
very thin in places. Mm-hmm. Forrest, Justin, I wonder what grade you're going to give them. <laughs> Forest fans will say I'm biased, but no, I've got to give them an A plus. Oh, it's yeah. been an out. It's been an outstanding season. We all know why. First seven games, dreadful. Generally, one of the worst teams I've seen seen playing the championship under Chris Hutton. First seven games, but we were aware of their squad. We knew what potential their squad had. It was at least a playoff, um, a playoff squad, playoff finishing squad, um, a top six squad that is. And they were, as I say, they were in three within three games of, of the automatics. They were they were so close, um, but they've achieved what they've what they set out to achieve. What Marianakis set out to achieve five years ago, or whatever, whenever it was, and sixty players later. Um, but they finally done it, and they did it spectacularly in, in in the sense that two points a game for Steve Cooper. Jesus, that is that is title winning form. I think sixty players later, you're missing out a good thirty. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to add any more on Forest, do we? It's A+. I've given them as well. Little explanation needs to be given considering we've been you know, talking about them consistently for the past few weeks. Um, and I've been talking about how they'll do in the Premier League as well. I think they've got a better chance of staying up than Fulham and Bournemouth. Still very much standing by that. What are you thinking, Justin? Yeah, the, the reason why is it's just the style of playing. Steve Cooper knows how to get results. I think that's it. He's, he's ahead of the likes of Scott Parker in that sense. And he knows how to be a counter-attacking team. Marco Silva, question marks, but again, Nottingham Forest are better at being a defensive team than both Fulham and, and Bournemouth, if that makes sense, which is why I think it's probably suited to Premier League football. So I agree with you. A bit like Burnley, again, uh, referencing Burnley again, but Burnley are a really good template to survive in the Premier League. Um, but I think Forest will have a bigger budget. They've got better contacts. I just hope that they... Again, they are smart with their recruitment because I've seen so many links to players so far for big fees. just makes me worry a little bit. I think a lot depends on who they bring in back on loan. Um, you know, Jed Spence, James Garner, Keenan Davis, these have been their best players or mm-hmm. some of the best players this season anyway. Um, and who comes back out of them um, will be massive in the grand scheme of things. I wouldn't be surprised to see Davis come on a, on a permanent steal to... Not too sure. So that's going to be interesting. Um, and then they still need to strengthen in certain areas. Left-back's an obvious one where they need to bring someone in. I feel like they need an extra person in the front line as well. Um, someone to, you know, add the creativity that... Uh, someone to improve the creativity that Brennan Johnson brings to the side in the final third. Um, but apart from that, I don't think they need much else. I think they need to improve their squad. Um, I think the squad is short. Flesh it out, yeah. I think the squad is short. I don't know. I can't remember if Dred Olly's out of contract, for example, but he's not someone I think can do it at the top level. Sam Surridge, question marks, whether he can step up. Keenan Davis, is he going to grab you the goals in the Premier League as well? They're, they're the question marks that I think we'll, we'll need answering in the summer. But again, sort of like Steve Cooper, I mean, they've been linked with Morgan Gibbs-White, for example, um, which is which is impressive. Um, oh, but as I say, I Justin, just... Justin. <laughs> A front three that includes Keenan Davis, Gibbs White and Brennan Johnson. That does dirty things to me. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't think I need to add anything else to that. I think we should leave it there. Yeah, shall we move on? <laughs> um, Peterborough, what grade are you giving them? Uh, I've given them an F. Um, it, really? I have. And it's there are, there are reasons why. Um, obviously... For them being relegated, I expected them to finish lower mid table or mid table. I, I expected them to finish like thirteenth. <laughs> yeah, well, I owe you money for that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I expected them to finish a lot higher than they did. 
goals wise, nowhere near the level they 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 can they can hit. Um, but actually, when you consider Grant McCann coming in, maybe I'm being harsh because Grant McCann, I think, saved the season a little bit. He gave them pride. I think he gave them pride. But the fact that Darren Ferguson stayed for as long as he did and he got a new contract, I have to give Peterborough an F because they were two disastrous um, disastrous decisions that cost the club a place in the championship this season. I've given them an E and I just don't think they've been as disastrous as Barnsley have, for example. When you consider Barnsley have gone from yeah, playoffs okay. to bottom of the table below mm-hmm. a, t- a team with a 21-point deduction. And Peterborough, they had the slight upturn towards the end of the season, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Is that worth a whole letter going up? Maybe not, but I, I just feel like putting them on the same level as Barnsley is a bit harsh. But looking ahead to next season, Justin, I'm feeling positive about Peterborough in League One. I think because they've got Grant McCann, a manager who's shown before that he can get a team bouncing back at the first time of asking. Mm-hmm. They've got a squad who's finally clicking. Sure, it's too late for it to actually mean anything in the Championship, but it started clicking towards the end of last season. They've got players there who can be very good in League One, haven't they? And I don't think it needs much more to you know, be in with a decent shout of automatic promotion in League One. Yeah, completely agree. They, you know, Grant McCann towards the end of the season, he, he tightened them up. They were conceding less shots, they were conceding less goals. And he got them scoring goals as well, which is a massive thing. Um, Jack Marriott, I think Jack Marriott hit his best form that he has since uh, I don't know 20, 2018, wasn't it? So he's 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 a player that I'm really excited to see in, in League One, and his best form came under Grant McCann as well, which earned him his move to Derby, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I am quite um, quite optimistic for Peterborough next season. I think they'll they'll easily compete in the top six. I think they can easily push on for a for a top two finish as well. They they were in a really good place, much better place than Derby and, and Barnsley, and probably a much better place than teams in League One as well. Hard to disagree, mainly because you know who's going to be there exactly. compared to Derby, exactly. for example. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm the same as you. If they manage to keep hold of the likes of Clark Harris, Schmodix, Edwards, Marriott. Good players at League One, Justin. Really good players. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm feeling very positive about Peterborough. Um, Preston, I've given them a C, Justin. What have you given them? Yeah, I've given them a C, but probably a C plus. Um, and the reason why is, again, they, they've probably outperformed my expectation for them. I expect them to be fin- uh, finishing sort of in and around the, the, the bottom the bottom four, bottom five, bottom, maybe bottom six. Uh, and obviously the Frankie McAvoy decision wasn't great. Did they really recruit? don't think they did um so yeah they've actually had a pretty decent season or the season turned out pretty well for them in terms of finishing mid-table um a lot better than last season and obviously how things could have gone under McAvoy this season it's been a decent a decent start to life for Ryan Lowe and um again I'm interested to see what they do this summer to see what they do next season because they I think they do need a fair few players for them to be turned into a team competing in the top six yeah, I wouldn't, if I was a Preston fan, I wouldn't be setting my expectations too high for next season. Not, I'm not saying that as a negative, because I don't think it's going to be a poor season for Preston. Mm-hmm. I just struggle. I, when I look at the teams who I foresee um, finishing in the top half next season, I struggle to see Peterborough, uh, Peterborough, Preston breaking that glass ceiling. Yeah. Because the players who look like they're going to be not coming back on loan. The likes of Everson, for example, Middlesbrough have been linked with him. Uh, Cameron Archer's been getting plenty of interest from other championship clubs for understandable reasons. Um, these are going to be hard players for them to replace. And the squad there's good enough to make them finish in mid-table again. Uh, mm-hmm. But it definitely needs adding to. I think you need 
five or six players for them to do better than they've done this season. Yeah, It seems to be Preston fans aren't 100% convinced by Ryan Lowe. I think he needs to be given time um, and resources as well, which has obviously been the downfall of many Preston managers over the past few years. Um, but if they give him time and resources, I think he can be a success at Preston. But I, I struggle to see them pulling up many trees next season. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I, that's what I mean. I think they're going to be in and around mid-table once again. It's uh, maybe a little bit of a transition season. Uh, and I think they need it because there's still quite a lot of hangover from the Neil era. Um, and there's still quite a few big names that have departed that haven't really been replaced. You know, like Ben Davis and, and, and Ben Pearson have passed and obviously Callum Robson as well uh, a while, uh, even longer ago. So yeah, I, th- I do think they just need to Get get some more players in, um, and get a young hungry squad that Ryan Lowe can can turn into a team eventually that can compete in the top six. It takes time. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Let's have a break, Justin. After that, we'll talk about QPR to West Brom. to the second tier podcast so we're going through each championship side to give them a grade for the season they've had to talk about where they need to strengthen in the summer and look ahead to where we think they'll finish next season very early predictions from the second tier um qpr justin i've given them a c minus what have you given them yeah c minus i was bordering on d but i think c minus is probably fair because again they're not actually no the, the budget is is modest but it is enough to compete for a top six finish in my opinion um, and as I say I expect them to finish in and around in the top six actually I expect them to finish in the top six so for them to finish 11th I think is yeah a really poor really poor way to finish the season obviously there's a lot of off the field issues that um, that came to roost as well once once Mark Warburton uh, departed which just gives you an indication of, of where they're currently at as a club yeah we, we thought they'd get into the top six this season they haven't but as you say when you consider, when you take a step back, you consider the budget, etc. Um, I don't think it's an absolute disgrace that they've not finished no. in the playoffs. Um, next season's interesting for them, isn't it? With the new manager, Michael Beale, former Villa assistant, um, has worked with Stephen Gerrard and has been very highly rated for quite some time. Is now the new boss there after signing a three-year deal. What are you thinking then with a uh, Beale in charge? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I uh, listened to an interview with Emmy Martin as the uh, Villa goalkeeper and he said he was he was surprised at how, how vocal and how, how much Beal takes the lead with, with sessions and stuff and, 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 and um, talking tactics. Um, he's, he's very vocal um, compared to Stephen Gerrard. He was just yeah, taken aback as to how, how involved he was in that sense. I mean, he was assistant manager, but you expect the manager to do, to do more. But apparently Beal, Beal was the guy, which is really interesting. And I think it's it's I think it's a good appointment when you consider that who was linked. You know, Tim Sherwood's name popped up as per um, Sol Campbell as well. It could have been it could have been rough. It could have been really rough. Um, but actually, I think Michael Beale is probably the the better appointment um, out of these, and it's an exciting appointment as well. And hopefully, QPR can transition to it into a style of play where they can stay solid at the back, control games and score goals. And I think that's really the, the target for them. And Beal, I think, can bring that. Yeah, I am I completely agree. I think when you're a side like QPR, who've got nothing to lose because they're in no danger of going down, are they? Um, when you've got nothing to lose, you may as well gamble on a young manager like Beal, give him his first chance in football and he's very highly rated. So why not? 
he mm. could turn up being a Steve Cooper, for example, couldn't he? The next yep. Steve Cooper at this level. And if he ends up being that, then QPR have pulled a blinder, haven't they? Mm-hmm. So they've got the squad here that um, needs more adding to it. Of course, the striker situation is a bit worrying with Gray and Austin both going. So they need to bring in a striker. And that also did cost them a bit last season as well, because they were relying so heavily on the goals of the likes of Chair and Willock. So they need to get a striker in. They could do with another centre-half, for my money, I think. Yeah. I think the wing-backs maybe nearly looking at too. But, yeah, they do that, then Beal's got the tools, and then it's just up to him to show why he is such a highly rated coach. And um, if that happens, then QPR kind of another decent crack at the playoffs next season, can't they? Let's go to Reading, Justin. What have you given them? I don't. I don't know. I'm interested to get your opinion, because I really don't know how to judge Reading's season, because for me... It's been a bit of a disaster. And I know they've got points. I know they had a points deduction and a transfer embargo and um, and obviously restrictions on who they can sign. But I think with the squad that they had, I expect them to finish and compete a lot higher than they did. When you consider what Derby got out of their resources, I just expected Reading to do a lot better than, 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 than what they did. And I'm just really, really not sure where to put them. I could be really harsh, but I could also not be does that make sense I've given them an E I think I would have given them an F if they went down but I think an E just about um, covers the season that they've had Mm. and of course I've spoken about you know Reading heading into next season I've only become more and more worried about Reading next season the more I've seen you know the transfer news that's been surrounding the club obviously John Swift is gone we all knew that was going to happen anyway but with Lucas Xiao now being linked with a move away as well which Reading may just have to accept happening anyway because they need money if they get if they lose Lucas Xiao and John Swift in the same summer Justin and they've got Paul Ince as manager next season they're stuffed and this is why I've got Reading down as the favourites for relegation next season. And I'm only becoming more and more strong on that opinion as the weeks go by. Yeah, the following Derby suit, aren't they? Obviously, Derby avoided relegation on the final day of the season um, in the 21, uh, 2021 season. Um, and then big squad exodus, absolutely no budget. And obviously, deduction aside, yeah, they were they were favourites to, to go down I think Reading are following the same suit unfortunately and you know it just goes to show that running your club in a efficient manner really does pay because it catches up with you and it's caught up with Reading eventually but I think this is a good opportunity for them to have a big reset obviously it's going to be difficult for them to stay in the uh, staying in the championship next season but I think they've got a good academy they've got some good good players at the club still yeah well, have you seen anyone there who you can, from the young players, have you seen anyone there who you can definitely say is a first team player who's capable of playing week in, week out at championship level? I mean, that, that's difficult because the amount of players that came through at Derby didn't expect that. But what you can say about Reading is there aren't any Omar Richards. There isn't a Michael Elise um, that, that I'm aware of anyway. Jamari Clark, I'm interested to see what he can do next season because I was, I was a bit frustrated that he didn't get more game time towards the end of the end of uh, the season just gone but yeah there aren't any Elise's coming through shall we say not that I'm aware of I'm happy to be corrected by Reading fans but yeah it, it, it is looking bleak for, 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 for Reading next season but just to be a little bit positive I don't think they are 
proper 24th relegation fodder just yet. I think they've got time to turn it around. No. Of course, these are early predictions, but the way things are going mm-hmm. there, it's hard to be too positive, isn't it? Sheffield United, I've given them a C, Justin. What about you? Yeah, I've given them a C. Um, I think they were sort of bordering along the, the, the D level just because they left it late. They left it really late. They had a really poor start on Dijakanovic and Heckingbottom came in and stabilised and got them playing the way they, they should be playing or where, the way they are they are built to play. Um, and yeah, it, it just took a, it took it it took long, too long for them to to get into the playoffs. If that makes sense, they they should have been competing in there a lot higher. Uh, sorry, a lot sooner than than they were. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, losing out in the playoffs as well is, is a big disappointment. But then you consider the amount of injuries that they've had. But they've got a good enough squad, I think, to to to, um, to deal with those injuries. And they didn't. Uh, I think that really impacted them and affected them. I think if you said to a Sheffield United fan at the start of the season you'd finish in the top six they'd have gone okay Mm -hmm. fair enough so that's why I think C is a good representation of that Um, they're an interesting one for next season aren't they of course losing Morgan Gibbs-White that's the one area where they seriously need to strengthen because without a Gibbs-White they look a bit lacking creativity in the final third don't Mm -hmm. they and you look at the striker situation as well is Billy Sharp going to be the man who they're going to be relying on again (laughs) at the time of recording it looks like that is going to be the case Um, but they definitely need to have some creativity going forwards the rest of the side looks all right could maybe have a couple of players brought in in certain areas but otherwise Sheffield United I think they're on course for another top six finish Mm -hmm. again next season yeah, I, I agree. I would like to see young, hungry players be the um, be the focus of recruitment this summer. Um, and the reason is that the current crop of players that they've got at the moment, they're not getting any younger. Obviously, Chris Basham signed a new, new deal, Ollie Norwood, John Fleck. Yeah, these, these aren't young players anymore. Um, so I do think they need to, to recruit um, yeah, the, the younger, hungry individuals that, that have the energy to, to push them along when they need to. Um, but when you look at their forward line, for example, Billy Sharp, Mick Burney, poor form, but Mick Burney's good enough to to, to, to score at this level. Ryan Brewster as well, Ellie Mandai. It's a really good, it's a really good forward line that just needs a little bit more of a spark along with it. But as I say, I think a playoff finish again next season is definitely on the cards. Yeah, I could see Ndai having a really good season for them next yeah. season, and I, I agree with you. I think they do need to. Um, start looking to replace the likes of Fleck, um, Norwood, etc. But otherwise, the squad's definitely good enough to get into the top six as it is, adding the caveat that they do need to obviously replace Mm -hmm. Gibbs-White. And Heckingbottom's a good enough manager as far as I'm concerned. Stoke, what have you given them? I've given them a D. Um, I've been really... Yeah, D for disappointment. Um, I've been really just sorry. That's terrible. I don't know why it's taken us so long to do. I've given that. them a, a C for content. <laughs> really? Yeah. Maybe wow. I'm being a bit generous, but I, I've I given them a C. Yeah. No. I, I, now that now that you've made me question it, may, yeah, maybe I should be heading towards a D. But it, it's that kind of ballpark, isn't it? Yes, and I know you, you've side injuries to Harry Souter very, very often. I mean, we disagree on this massively, but I think Michael O'Neill was very fortunate to still be in a job at Stoke. Um, I think the squad was capable enough to deal with those injuries. Like other teams had, you look at Luton, for example, catastrophic injuries towards the end of the season, still finishing the playoffs, still got results, 
Stoke dropped off a cliff. Their form dropped off a cliff. Signed a raft of players in January and they still were unable to get form going at a time when they needed to. Did recover towards the end of the season. But as I say, it was just the the the, the, the form wasn't good enough. And I know I say that they had injuries, but they had a good enough squad from my point of view to deal with those injuries and they didn't. I think I, I, I disagree. And as you say, it's something that we've spoken about loads of times across the course of the season. I think injuries have just completely destroyed them and that's ultimately why they fell away. And I don't think O'Neill can be blamed for that, but that's a conversation for another day. Let's look ahead to next season. Where are you kind of pinpointing them? Do I want to be disappointed again and say I think they're good enough to finish in and around the playoffs? Because I've said it every year we've done this podcast, they've got a squad good enough to get into the playoffs but every season they finish so far away from the playoffs I don't know whether I think Stoke fans just need to ignore what I say and and, and aim for the opposite I think I think they're good enough to get into the playoffs but can they do it over a course of the season I I doubt I highly doubt it under Mike O'Neill As things stand their squad is looking a bit sketchy in areas isn't it when they get Harry Suter back and that's going to be not too sure. But they get him back, that's obviously going to be a massive boost. Tyrese Campbell is the one who can provide a big, big spark for them in the final thirds. But obviously, since he came back from injury, he just wasn't the same player. Why was that? Not too sure. I'm not a sports scientist, so whether it's down to fitness or not, I don't know. Um, but you look at the likes of Tymon, Klukas, Baker was really good when he came in for yeah, the second yeah, half of the season Monty Jacob Brown's a good player as well sure there are areas where they do need to bring in players centre back to play alongside Suter is one area where I think they definitely need to strengthen and possibly right wing back as well but overall I think they have got a squad there that is good enough to finish on the periphery of the playoffs I think it's going to take a massive uh, recruitment drive for them to actually break that glass ceiling though yeah, I, I agree. I do think they need to add to their team. But I think my main doubts are over Michael O'Neill and not the squad. That is that is my opinion on, on Stoke. I think Michael O'Neill's a great manager at this level. He can't be blamed for the massive injury crisis that they suffered. Swansea, Justin, I've given them a C. What are you saying? Yeah, I've given them a C. Uh, I think our reasons will be similar. It's been a transition season. They could have easily been sucked into a relegation battle because of the big big loss uh, the loss to big players then Steve Cooper departing halfway through pre-season this could have been catastrophic for Swansea but they showed they were able to deal with it um they dealt with it they did a really good really good job and, and then the, the appointment of, of Russell Martin was was really intelligent January recruitment was good but there's still obvious areas of improvement there for Swansea um and I think yeah I think it was a steady season steady first season for Russell Martin and solid solid foundations for them for next season yeah Swansea are a side who I'm feeling really positive about because I like the project that Russell Martin has started there um, they have got a squad there that's looking young exciting and they've shown in the past that they uh, their recruitment is in the upper echelons of the championship isn't it? and Martin's yeah. clearly a coach who's got loads of potential and as long as they give him the brains and rumbling, full control you? over what happens there Swansea can go places can't they they seriously can go places so yeah I'm feeling very positive about Swansea um, 
where am I looking for them to finish next season? I think top half wouldn't be a good season, um, but it would not surprise me at all if they really pulled something out of the bag and made a good break for the top six. Yeah, I think I think the thing that's going to turn them into a top half team is is recruitment. And the only thing that holds them that's held Swansea back in recent years is is the board and their ambition. Um, obviously, Steve Cooper, when he was in charge, he wanted Corley Woodrow in the January January transfer window didn't deliver, and I think that's one of the reasons why they they fell out. Um, and I just hope that Russell Martin is given the tools to be able to build a team that is capable of finishing in, in the top half, top six. Because when Swansea play, no one can get near them. They are one of the best footballing teams in the division. Um, but he needs the resources to do it. I think he needs three. Three new centre halves. I think he needs um, a right wing back and, and possibly a left wing back, and maybe another creative midfielder as well. So I do think the squad is quite short in those areas, um, and that will be no surprise to Swansea fans. Joel Pirro, his future is up in the air at the moment. His agent has been vocal um, over the last week or so, which isn't ideal, but nonetheless, again, their recruitment has shown the likes of Albafemi, picking up Patterson and, and Techum, uh, and obviously Pirro as well. They can they can replace those players. I just hope that they 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 bring in the players they need because this can be a really really good side, a really really good side. Yeah, they, they've got the they've got the basis there of a playoff chasing side, mm-hmm. haven't they? It's just about who they bring in this summer. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that front. And finally, Justin West Brom, what have you given them? I don't know if I'm being too harsh of an E, but I've I given think... them an F. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm to be too. Uh, maybe I'm to be uh, too charitable. Um, yeah, it's been a disaster. It's been a complete disaster from. I wouldn't say from start to finish. From about October to the finish to the to the end of the season, I think it's been a disaster. Um, the obvious issues are uh, putting chances away. I don't think Valerian Ishmael was a bad appointment. I think it was a good appointment. I just think he was let down by players, um, and and let down by 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 the board. In not bringing in the players that he needed to 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 play his style of play, shall we say? West Brom fans may be thinking F. That's a bit harsh. They could have gone down. I think it's near on impossible for a parachute payment team nowadays to get relegated. People may point mm-hmm. to Sunderland, but I think that was different to how it is now. They're when... a dumpster fire. Well, yeah. What I'm trying to say is. Before the pandemic, I think it was realistic for a team getting relegated to go down again. Now I just think the resources for parachute payment teams compared to the rest of the championship yeah. is so strong that I just think the worst you could probably do is what West Brom have done this season, really. I struggle to think that any of the teams who are coming down next season will do as badly as West Brom have done this season, personally. So that's my thinking behind that. But looking ahead to next season, West Brom should be looking to you know, have a serious promotion challenge, shouldn't they? Because mm-hmm. they've got the players there. We all know they have. Steve Bruce, capable of getting a side promoted. Is he inspiring confidence? Not particularly because he's Steve Bruce. Um, but they have got the players there who can, you know, produce something um, like a top six finish, if you see what I mean. Yeah, they, they have a top six squad. That is very obvious. Um, they had a top six squad last season, um, but it was just a disaster. Um, and I know Steve Bruce, again, yeah, he's, he's not very inspiring. His Newcastle spell, I think his Newcastle spell has really turned the PR against him in terms of what he can do with teams. But actually, when he was at Sheffield Wednesday, him being in charge of Sheffield Wednesday, they went from a, play- a team I think was capable of competing in the playoffs to a team 
trying to avoid relegation. That was the Steve Bruce factor between between that. And that's a big that's a big disparity. Um but I do think he's capable of getting a lot out of teams and I think he, he does deserve credit for doing that in the past. Yeah, the Villa spell as well I think makes things difficult because the amount of money they spent, but actually he did an okay job there. Um but I think West Brom have got to get off to a good start next season for for everybody, even the board to be convinced by Steve Bruce and their ability to to get out of the championship. Yeah. But the squad is definitely good enough, isn't it? You think of a front three of Callum Robinson, Carlin Grant and Daryl DK. That's a good front three, isn't it? Um, not sure that's how Bruce wants to play because he seems to be edging towards playing three in midfield. So you consider a midfielder Swift Mao at Livermore, Carlin Grant on the left, DK up front, Jesus. A, a fully confident Dean Garner on the right. That's a bloody good team, <laughs> Justin, isn't it? Good. Let's be honest. So... They they do need to add in certain areas. Goalkeeper is one where I think they may need to strengthen, although I quite rate Alex Palmer. Um, fullback areas, possibly. But overall, the squad doesn't need adding much to be a top two chasing side even. Um, mm-hmm. It's just about whether the players are fully convinced by Steve Bruce's methods and they fully believe in the project that's being built there. Because talent-wise, there's no issue at all, is there? And there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That is our grading of all 24 teams who are in the Championship next season. Grading their seasons, having a look at where they need to strengthen in the summer and early predictions for how they'll do next season. So, as always, uh, we'll be back again next Thursday. Not sure what we're going to do just yet. Possibly league table review of from the start of the season, which... Uh, <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. say yeah. less said the better about that um, so that's probably what we'll be doing on Thursday but if not we'll surprise you with something either way um, so we look forward to seeing you then but this has been the Second Tier Podcast we'll be back on Thursday I have been Ryan Dilks I've been Justin Peach thank you for listening